The following program is paid for by Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS number 7233. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, is a licensed loan originator with Gateway Mortgage Group. Contact your local branch for more information. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, sponsored by Gateway Mortgage Group. Now in the studio, local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome to Money Hour at 1150 AM KKNW. This is the Saturday, February 18th show. I'm your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell. My goal is to keep you up to date on the latest news and trends in our local economy. Keep me tuned in and I will keep you informed. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast, but I'm here to answer any questions or connect you with the guests that I have in studio today. Please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50. Or online at themoneyhour.com. And the lineup for the show today, regular contributor John Wilson, our King County Assessor. We're going to be talking about property taxes and what's happening over at the Assessor Office. Another regular contributor, Greg Nunn with Gregory and & Nunn & Company, my own personal CPA and my CPA for our show, discussing our income taxes. So kind of fun. We've got property taxes and we have income taxes. And also last, last guest in studio, Dennis Yamasaki with Affirmative Financial Services, Recession Proof, Your Retirement. So we're going to talk about how to make money so you can afford to pay your taxes and pay your property taxes and income taxes. Great information and great guests in studio. For more information on any topics that you'd like to hear discussed, please call the show at one 855 Again, that's one 855 or online at com. And we'll start out with a show today with a little money chat. Money. Money. Making it an offer in today's real estate market. Lack of inventory. So I thought I would just give you a, a few things to think about to make your offer maybe a little more competitive than the other buyers that you're competing against. Uh, local lender is really important. I don't want to say anything bad about our companies that are not local out there. Uh, most common would be your credit unions. The challenge is, is with the lack of inventory, they're looking everything to make your offer strong. And somebody that's local in the market, if there's any challenges that are going on with the lending side at someone that's local here, also Reputation makes a huge difference in whether your offer gets accepted. The, na- the actual mortgage professional's name on that pre-approval letter can be one of the things or, that make or break your offer getting accepted. What is their local reputation? No reputation is almost as bad as a bad reputation. So find out the reputation that they have in the real estate community in the local market, and that will help you stand out in the multiple offers. Uh, You must be pre-approved. This is actually just a given. You cannot go out and make an offer on a house without having a solid pre-approval. Now, with the pre-approval, you want to make sure that it's been completely underwritten, um, it's nice to have some guarantees tied in there. I will give a shout out for myself because I am a mortgage professional. Those of you that are regular listeners to the show, I have two guarantees that will completely stand out from any other offer uh, out there. $1,000 closing guarantee and a 30-day closing. Most lenders need 45 days to close, and some can't even do that. Not only can I close in 30 days, but I guarantee you're closing. Otherwise, I pay the buyers $1,000. It's really going to help on a multiple offer scenario. Also, $5,000 financing guarantee for the seller. So if for some reason your financing falls through because of something that you did to jeopardize that financing, the seller gets $5,000. So uh, I can talk to you in more detail about those guarantees, but you want to make sure that there's something in writing that guarantees the strength of the offer when it comes to financing because statistics show that 30% of mortgages do not close during the closing process. So 
you want to make sure that you have a strong pre-approval letter to make sure that the uh, the seller and the listing agent that rep- represents the seller can check that off the list of things to worry about. Uh, removing your finance contingency, I'm not in a position to give any advice on this. I never would. A realtor really can't give it, it, advice on what you can and can't do. Um, they can just give you the options. And this is a really common thing that you're seeing happening in the market to where the buyer is removing a finance contingency. Not enough time to talk about that. It would take an entire show to go through everything of what that means. But basically, you're risking your earnest money if something happens to your financing. So if you're doing that, a lot of times you have to, to be competitive in the market. You just have to understand what that means uh, and how that looks for you. So uh, talk in detail with your realtor on that. Shorter timelines, uh, finance contingency. If you do have a finance contingency, shorting that timeline. Also, we've just, we talked about closing date. Really, really important. If you can go in with a strong 30-day close, uh, that's going to make you very competitive unless you're competing against a cash buyer. Then there's not a lot that you can do there with the closing timeline. Uh, loan program is a, is a big difference as well. I was talking to one of my South End agents, uh, which represents the show and does a lot of um, uh, shows in the South End to talk about what's going on in that market. And uh, he works mainly with VA buyers. And I I do work with some VA buyers. I'm more on the east side, so I don't see as much as if I were representing financing a, a lot more on this in the south end. But it, it was really kind of a discouraging conversation to have with them because our veterans and everything that they, they, they do for our country, I personally think the government should give an incentive to the seller to accept the VA, but that's a whole nother show as well. Nothing out there like that. What happens is when you're competing against a conventional buyer and your VA or FHA, uh, which is another low down payment uh, program, you're not as competitive. So the only option that you have is to cover some of these other bases or maybe go in and make a stronger offer price-wise to compete with a conventional buyer. So just really lining up, if that's the only option that you have is your VA or FHA financing, then you've got to go in strong with that. If you've got options to uh, transition over to a conventional, it is going to make your offer uh, stronger. Now, appraisal is a big, uh, a big deal as, as well. I see a lot of clients that are actually going in and, and uh, putting, not completely waiving the appraisal, but saying that they're willing to pay $10,000, $20,000 over what the appraised value is. Again, I'm not here to tell you what to do in this market. I'm just here to tell you what I'm seeing people are doing to be competitive in the market. So you've got to look at your options and see how much you want that home. Or if not, if you're not willing to do that, there are homes out there. It just may limit what's available for you. Uh, your terms can make all of the difference. So going through those terms and understanding what those are, uh, finding out maybe inspection and doing pre-inspections on the property so that you're not going in with an inspection contingency, Uh, just really sit down with your uh, realtor and and find out, ask them, what are they doing to help their buyers win in this competitive market? Also, making sure that you understand what that means when you're competitive in this market. Another thing is escalation clause, going in and saying that you pay a higher offer than what the highest bid is. And then that way the seller does have to show those other bids that that came in higher than you. Maybe you're saying I'll pay $5,000 over the highest price or whatever that is. So there's a lot of things that you can do. I guess a takeaway from this is you have to work with an experienced realtor. I talked to you about the reputation of your lender. Your real estate's re- real estate agent's reputation even means more than your lender's reputation. So you've got to work with a local expert that has built a community um, and, and is known in the industry for their expertise. If you need introductions to that, that's what the show is all about. It's bringing in people that are the best of the best in industry in all areas of financing so I can connect you with everybody that you need when it comes to your money. So uh, please use me as a resource resource. Again, the show number 1-855-411-50, 1-855-411-50. And I can connect you with anybody that you need. Uh, wrapping up the money chat here, in every market, there's always a shortage in something. 
We have sellers, buyers, and money. What's our shortage today? It's sellers. Let's look at the positive side. What do we have a lot of? We've got a lot of buyers and we've got a lot of money. Money meaning banks are lending. Money meaning the cost to borrow is inexpensive. So look at the glass half full or half empty. Um, I'm here to tell you how to look at it half full. That's the Money Chat coming up next on the Money Hour. Talking about property taxes and what's happening over at the assessor's office. I have John Wilson right here, King County Assessor on 1150 AM KKNW after this short break. Go where you want, when you want. With a Banner Bank Connected checking account, you can use any ATM in the world for free. That's any ATM, anywhere. Think of it as your freedom to explore. Banner Bank. Let's create tomorrow together. Unlimited surcharge rebates from non-Banner-owned U.S. ATMs. Banner Bank. Member FDIC. Equal housing lender. Are you a property owner or resident of King County? Did you know everybody is affected by the property tax? Do you ever wonder why your property taxes go up or down? Listen in as King County Assessor John Wilson answers your questions. Assessor Wilson will explain the basics of your property tax and relief that may be available if you qualify. For more information, listen in or visit kingcounty.gov assessor. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, on Alternative Talk, AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, right here on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, February 18th show. I am committed to providing you knowledge needed to be successful in every area regarding your finances. Knowledge is power, and that's what you'll receive from listening to the show today. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you're listening to a rebroadcast, you can call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com. I can connect you with the guests that I have in studio studio or answer any questions that you have. Right now, I'm having a conversation with John Wilson, King County Assessor. We're going to be talking about property taxes. John, welcome back. Hi, Tina. Good to see you. And a little bit about John. King County Assessor John Wilson, elected in 2015, assumes office having earned the praise of peoples both inside and outside King County as one of the most innovative forward-thinking managers in local government. Wilson served as Chief Deputy at assessor for four years. His work gained a reputation and savvy development of mobile technology and public facing solutions to enhance customer service while driving down at cost. During his tender, he rebuilt the department's website, increasing traffic tenfold to nearly 4 million pages a month. Wilson led a team that developed a best-in-class mobile iApp application for field data collection that annually saved hundreds of thousands of dollars and avoided cost. And his spearheaded King County's launching an online property tax appeal platform that after two years in handling close up to 60% of all appeals filed. Following on his work in, in Department of Assessments, Wilson joined King County Information Technology staff where he led a major countrywide effort to build innovative culture by engaging employees and departments to think differently. He also played an important role in refining and improving development of near Microsoft-based United Communication Platform. Uh, John, it's always exciting uh, to have you here. Not that it's exciting about paying for property taxes, but we need them because it does 
does do good things, and it's nice to have a little education around how this whole thing works and how things work over at the Sessor office. So I'm going to start right out with something really positive. You guys mailed out us a love note the week of Valentine's Day. Can you share a little bit more about that, John? H- hugs and kisses from the assessor's Thank office. you so much. <clears throat> it's our little way to show we care. Um, yeah, under state law, we're required to mail out the tax bills by February 14th. So we have about 700,000 property taxpayers right. in King County. About 300,000, 350,000 folks still get the property tax bill actually to their home because mm. they directly pay their property taxes. So they're getting those notes right now. Um, and, and that gives them a, a couple things to consider. One is the first payment will be due at the end of April mm-hmm. um, so they can start to figure out there. It also gives them a chance, while you can't appeal your property tax, you can appeal your forthcoming property value. So mm-hmm. they can look and say, well, you know, I think my value is a little too high. That can have an impact on your property taxes. Perfect. And we're actually going to talk about the appeal process today as well. So let's um, <clears throat> uh, talk about how much taxes are going up around the country. Well, around the county, it's about 8%. It, That's it, what I meant to say, around right. the county. I know you only mark the county, not the country. They, they, they limit me for some reason. <laughs> yeah. I think probably the rest of the county country is probably very happy about that. <laughs> um, but but no, you, you know, this this year, 8%, it, it's a little bit lower than what it was last year. Okay. Um, it's, it's, again, driven by a mix of... Um, what local governments need, the mm-hmm. state government, what local levies or, or measures passed. This also is the first time that it'll be on your property tax, a property tax for sound transit that was uh, on the ballot in November yes. and, and passed. So um, people throughout, not actually throughout King County, but throughout the sound transit district mm-hmm. will be paying for that. And I think a lot of consumers don't even know that the taxes, it's not just based on the value of your home, it's based on these levies that you're voting for. And I know a long time ago, I heard it was like under, you know, under 50% was actually the property, the value of your home. The rest was based on these levies, right? Right. Somewhere around there. Right. right. So so roughly half of of what you're paying in property taxes Mm -hmm. are voter approved measures. Yes. Um, So you have like in the south part of the county, um, voters have voted on and added uh, education levies, public safety levies, Mm -hmm. uh, some other things. They're running a little higher than the eight percent. They're running somewhere in the kind of oh, twelve to sometimes sixteen percent range. Wow. Okay. So you got to pay attention to those levies and make sure you understand what you're voting for. So, is there any other hot spots that are happening in in higher increases and and why? Well, it's 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 again what we're seeing in in South King County um, is is in in some of the communities like Auburn, Algona, mm-hmm. uh, and, and and that they had some special levies on the on the ballot that are going to raise their property taxes a little bit more than others. Okay. The, the, the challenge for those folks is going to be it's going to be a fairly significant dollar amount. It's going to mm-hmm. be several hundred dollars, um, and so. We want to make sure they understand why that happened. As you mentioned, Tina, a lot of it is driven by that they voted for it. Yes. And one of the tricky parts for folks like that is going to be that that some of them are in and some of them are out of the Sound Transit Taxing District. Now, Mm -hmm. if you're not being taxed, you didn't vote on it. We were very careful this past year to make sure that we didn't have people being taxed and not voting. So if if you were going to be taxed, you got to vote. Got it. But... Um, you will literally see in South King County portions where you can be on the other side of the street mm-hmm. and your neighbor isn't paying the sound transit tax and, yeah. and you are. So that has people a little concerned. And we worked with sound transit this year to really run a fairly comprehensive education program mm-hmm. to let people know how that was going to work. Yeah. And it's interesting that you'd say that because I've had clients say mm-hmm. before, well, this house, the property taxes are a lot lower. And I, I'm always, it's, it's really, it's based on what's happening right in that area, your schools and your parks and all of those things. So you're in a different zone. 
own. So that's um, I, it's interesting to hear you say that. So what about values? Uh, what do they look like this year in King County, John? Overall values also tracked at about a little over 8%. Mm-hmm. Um, now, there isn't a direct, I want to be, be careful that people understand, there isn't okay. a direct linkage between value increases and your property tax increase. Mm-hmm. But right now we're at a, a time when they're moving roughly in parallel with each other. Got it. Um, it's again, as we've seen elsewhere around the county, there are some neighborhoods that are pretty hot and that mm-hmm. are above the 8%. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are other areas that are still positive, but probably are a little bit below the 8%. Got it. And it's also important to understand that the uh, the taxes, the assessor at the office, you're at least a year behind. Right. So it's for the previous in, in what happened. And that's why a lot of times you can see property values going up, but the taxes went down, but it was based on the year before. Right. Yeah. So, so, so the tax bill they got this week uh-huh. is based upon the value we set effective of January 1 in 2016. Yes. For the 2017 yep. year. So it's a, that's a, another interesting thing that I think a lot of consumers uh, don't understand. So is there an easier way to get a value notice? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We would be happy to send it to you electronically and save Let's us save some, some money. Save you some postage <laughs> and save us some postage uh-huh. and that. And actually, we have on our website, uh, the, the, you go to uh, kingcountygov.assessor/we call it E as in Edward, Victor, Nancy, EVN, and it's an electronic valuation notice. And we've gotten hundreds, if not thousands, of people that have signed up for that. We'd like one day, frankly, to get virtually everybody signed up. Um, It's much cheaper. It gets it to you in virtually real time, Mm -hmm. and that as soon as they're ready to be released. Um, We found also businesses, especially businesses that own multiple properties, really appreciate it because they get... uh, one one track, uh, they get literally a spreadsheet that's password protected, and they uh-huh. can look and see, and they've got all their properties in one place. They're not coming in dribs and drabs and that, so we're trying to figure out how we can make that more efficient. Yeah, and I have to say, there's been a lot done with the uh, the website. For I just think it's amazing, um, everything that you guys are doing with the uh, the technology side. We're, we're constantly trying to figure out, you know, as you, you mentioned, we, we get almost 4 million page views a month. Yes. Um, we are the, the, the second highest highest viewed King County page mm-hmm. uh, of all county government. And and what we try to do, and we're trying to do, is more and more put the, fing- the information literally at your fingertips so that yes. you can look up stuff, you can act on things, you can file your appeal in a way where you're not having to gather all the paper up, mm-hmm. photocopy it, and, you know, sh- shuffle on down to the post office. So let's talk about that, the appeal process for taxes and the value of your home so, or the value of your home. So. We start now putting together our what we call area reports, which are setting the values in different neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Um, as we complete those, we mail out valuation notices. Uh, we, we do that each year. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> some years there are bigger changes, some years smaller. Uh, every six years, we're required by law to physically inspect a property. Yes. That's generally when you get the most significant difference in how your property values have changed. Once you get that notice... Uh, you have 60 days to file an appeal. Um, so it, it's important, you know, you pay oh, attention. Oh, I didn't realize that it was 60 days. Right. Okay. Uh, but by state law, normally it's 30, but we give people an extra 30 days just because okay. 
the, the crush of life and, and, sure. and all that. So you, you've got 60 days to look at. You can go online, again, out through our website, use our e-appeals platform. It gives you an ability to look up comparables, so mm-hmm. you can look around your neighborhood. You can either take the ones that we have picked, or you can say, you know, I don't agree with the assessor. I want to pick my own, and you can mm-hmm. set your parameters and that. And then you can even use a, a kind of wizard we created, so you can say, well, you know, if I dropped my value by X amount, how much would my savings be? Because yes. we want to make sure people understand, you know, if you drop your value by $10,000, we're not going to send you a check for $10,000. Exactly. Um, and, you know, given the Save cost. maybe five bucks a month or yeah, five bucks for the year. Yeah, well, you know, you don't, want pe- <laughs> you don't want people to come downtown and pay parking and everything and, yes. and, and that and find, wait a minute, my appeal settlement is less than what my parking was. Exactly. Um, you exactly. know, I, I lost money yes. on this. Yes. It makes, it makes total sense. So what if somebody who's listening to the sh- uh, show today and they're struggling, struggling to be able to pay taxes, what can they do? Well, you, you know, there are a couple programs that are available directly from the county. Um, we were very encouraged last year, and you, you helped us uh, spread the word far and wide, Tina, is we reached out to seniors. If you were 62 and over, uh, the owner-occupant, and you had an annual ha- household income of 40000 or less, we have an exemption program available for you. Yes. Um, we had close to 5,000 people apply for that this past year, which was a record in that. Mm-hmm. We're trying to still encourage people to apply for that because it gives you some relief up to about 50% on, on not all your property. But it is, yeah, and you're absolutely right. You know, I was talking to a man uh, th- this fall who came up to me. He said, I got my, my exemption notice finally approved. Mm-hmm. You literally helped me stay in my house. Yeah. And, you know, that's what we want to do. We, we don't want to tax anybody out of their home. Mm-hmm. We want to work with you to try to find ways that you can stay in that home. Perfect. So I've heard you talk about uh, our tax structure being outdated. What do you mean by that? Well, we live in a different world today than when this state was created in mm-hmm. 1889. You know, and, and we have a tax... Oh, it has been a little while. A little bit. <laughs> well, you know, I, I use the metaphor, and it's especially appropriate in, in, in this location. We have a flip phone tax structure in a smartphone age. Uh-huh. Um, and, and the fact is, I'll, I'll give you a, a quick example related to phones and that. We historically have uh, funded E911 through a ta- tax on landlines. I have four kids, all older than I care to mention, but not one of them has a landline. And, and, and actually, they look at me and they go, Dad, how quaint, but you still have a landline? Uh-huh. Well, I'm old school that way. But, you know, what we've seen in turn is because not as many people have landlines, mm-hmm. the, the tax revenue for that E911 service has been dropping. We see the same thing related statewide to the gas tax. As people have bought more fuel-efficient cars or switched to electric cars and that, uh-huh. um, the, the, the gas tax revenues have gone down. But road usage has not. We've got to modernize our tax system somehow. And what we really need to start and what we're starting to work on with the Evans School at the University of Washington and others is a statewide conversation on what's the current situation and mm-hmm. what can we do about it to modernize it in a way that's fair to everyone. Sure. So, John, as I wrap up my time here with you, you just did a Power Hour Lunch and Learn for me. I put those on monthly for my uh, realtor uh, experts. And I'm sure a lot of people don't know that you actually go out of the office and you're doing presentations a lot. So, I mean, if somebody wants that for their business or something, how can they get that set they, up? They, they can certainly call call our office. They can call the, the 296 uh, uh, 263 24 
uh, 63. That's my number. Okay. Uh, and get a hold of me, and I'll be happy to try to come out and talk to a group. And if you didn't get that, you can always come to the show, and I can directly connect you with uh, the assessor office. So, John, any uh, call to action and shout out for my listeners? Well, I, I urge them, you know, look at your tax bill when it comes. If you, if you think there's a mistake on it, please let us know. Sometimes mm-hmm. there are. And if you think the value's wrong when you get that reval notice, don't hesitate to file an appeal or at least ask us why the value was. Again, if we've made a mistake, we'll do our very best to correct it. Yeah, nobody's perfect, so I'm sure it, I'm sure it happens here and there. John, thank you so much for coming back in studio. Appreciate your time always. Thanks much, Tina. Appreciate it. Coming up next on the Money Hour, discussion with your income taxes. We finish up with property taxes. We're going to roll right into income taxes. Greg Nunn with Gregory S. Nunn & Company right here on 1150 AM KKNW after the short break. behind in filing your tax returns? Does the IRS claim you owe them money, but you can't pay? Are you getting nasty grams from the IRS? Are you losing sleep? Please know your tax problems can be solved. Work locally and actually meet the person that'll help you with your tax problems and not some faceless national firm. Call None Better Tax Resolution today at 1-844-SOS-1040 for a free confidential consultation. Again, call 844-SOS-1040 today and start fixing your tax problems so you can sleep peacefully. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, right here at 1150 AM, KKNW, the Saturday, February 18th show. I provide the news on everything money, fresh information, and market trends in our local economy and what's happening. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. You can talk with the guests that I have in studio or chat with your host. That would be me. If by calling into the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's one 855 411150 or online at com, And in studio right now, Greg Nunn with Gregory Nunn and Company. Uh, discussion on income taxes. Greg, uh, for regular listeners, they know you're my personal CBA. Um, but also you do a lot of work for uh, my buyers. And I just appreciate the wealth of information that you provide. And today we're just going to continue our conversation around taxes. So thanks okay. for coming back in. Well, thank you for having me. I, if I may, can I put in a shameless plug for John? Of course you can. Us CPAs are very thankful for that King County website because most people go, I don't remember what I paid in property taxes. Ah. Or they go to sell their house and go, I don't remember what I paid for my house. So by going to King County's excellent website, we can get that information. It helps us a lot. That is awesome. Thanks, Greg. And yeah. yes, it is amazing uh, what they're doing uh, over there with the uh, with the information and, and the web. So a little bit about Greg. Uh, Gregory Nunn is founder and principal of Nunn Better Tax Resolution in Redmond, Washington, the firm of tax resolution specialists <coughs> in Washington State. His passion is helping people that find themselves in a predicament with the IRS due to fa- failing to file tax returns and or not paying the IRS and, and claim that they owe. He represents these troubled taxpayers 
taxpayers vigorously before the IRS. His practice also provides tax preparation, tax planning for individuals and businesses. Gregory is a licensed CPA in the state of Washington and been in the industry for over 30 years. He is a member of American Society of Tax Problem Solvers, the premier association of professionals helping troubled taxpayers. He has received the Top Practitioner Award for the American Society of Tax Problem Solvers. He is also a certified tax resolution specialist and has published a book, Solve Your Tax Problems. Um, I do want to give a, a shout out as well. He doesn't just help troubled taxpayer, uh, taxpayers because I'm not a troubled taxpayer. He helps them all. But if you're in trouble or not, uh, Greg is your guy. So Greg is a professional tax advisor. What is the most common questions that you get? The most common questions are, I don't like paying this much in tax. How can I get my taxes down? Uh, which is probably... I'm sure Dave, my husband's asked you that. Yeah, you know, everybody asked me that question, and, and I wish I had the magic potion for that. Well, you've um, saved us a lot of money over the years, Craig. I, I so understand. You've got it's, some magic going on. Some people think I have a magic wand, and, and I actually, I do have one. It's plastic, and sometimes I'll just hand it to them and say, okay, why don't you wave it? But anyway, <laughs> most of the time, it's, it's around how do, we, how do we get our taxes down? Mm-hmm. And, 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 and that's a very valid question, which is... Of course, one of the objectives that we have in my practice when mm-hmm. we're preparing someone's tax return is to, you know, get those taxes down as low as we can within the parameters of the law. Of course. Mm-hmm. We'd always want to stay within the parameters of the law. So let's talk about tax part. What can they do to save on their taxes? Well, we're, the real simple area is that it impacts probably the most people is are the itemized deductions. Yes. And that's one area where there are some things that we'll talk about that mm-hmm. I think a person can do to help uh, gain as much deduction as possible. And so we'll hit some of those areas, like we'll talk about charitable contributions mm-hmm. and and uh, property taxes are nicely deductible. See, you uh, didn't even know John was going to be here. I did not. Uh-huh. It, it was wonderful, as well as uh, mortgage interest. So those are some great areas, and, and sales tax. And we'll talk about some little tidbits that might make those deductions better for you. So these item uh, itemized uh, taxes that we talked about, I mean, so I, I, I've heard you say before, I just had you online for my um, family finance and future online meetup that I'm doing specifically yeah. for my uh, for my clients. Mm-hmm. And um, the difference between, I mean, people have made some big financial mistake in filing when they've itemized versus not. And ha- talk about that a little bit. Yeah, the, the, the itemized deductions, uh, let me back up one step. Okay. Everyone gets a standard deduction of some sort, depending upon if you're filing single or married or head yes. of household. And oftentimes, though, the itemized deductions create a much better deduction for that tax, yes. for that taxpayer. The thing is, yes, it takes some effort to get that information together. Mm-hmm. So you got to ask yourself the question, well, if I really, truly want to save taxes, am I willing to put in the effort to do it? Got it. And it's important, too, that you look at, if you are looking at the difference between standard versus itemized, that if you're doing a comparison, um, that you understand you are missing that you, standard yeah, you could, amount that you're going to yeah. get. And a good example would be when we're talking about interest credit, if you're doing a comparison between rent and home ownership, right. you, you really, if you were standard and now you've got this great um, uh, ability to be able to have a, to itemize because yes. you've got your interest in your property taxes, we're, we're going to talk about, you have to really take off the amount that you would have gotten if you'd filed the standard, correct? You, you do. To you make do. it a, a true comparison. You do. I you got to take people in forget the, about that. Yeah, the tax benefit of owning real estate is the best 
uh, tax deduction. Yeah, truly let's there just is. hope that doesn't go away. That's another conversation as well because yes. there's a lot of scary conversation going on about that. But uh, anyways, I just wanted to bring that in, but we're not going to talk about it. Okay. Thanks. So you're welcome. <laughs> uh, you mentioned charitable contributions. Uh, talk about this and how that how that works. Uh, I am, and charitable contributions are often something that that we're all doing. Uh, but sometimes we can't take them as a deduction because we don't have enough itemized deductions. Mm-hmm. And that's where the mortgage interest and property taxes come in. Because ordinarily when a person has those, they're going to be able to itemize their deductions and yes. then they'll be able to deduct their charitable contributions. Mm-hmm. It is still one of the best itemized deductions. And you have cash contributions yes, and you have non-cash contributions. The non-cash ones, I'm sorry to say, the IRS has just come out oh, a few years ago with all kinds of mm, strict regulations on how you can deduct non-cash contributions. Okay, got to have a lot more documentation and mm-hmm. support than you need than you did in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but still, all of us are giving away stuff out of our house probably every year that we're not taking advantage of in the deduction. Yeah, and it was really interesting again going back to the online meetup because I always learn something new when I talk with you. Um, and I'm not a, a lot in my own personal taxes as you know because I have my husband take care of that. But I have a community outreach that I do every Monday. I'm I'm doing something with the homeless that was money, and it was oh. interesting to to hear about the you know getting documentation and a letter written. This is new right. this year, uh, Greg. So that's why I haven't talked about it before. Okay. But you've you've got those limits and those brackets to where part of that documentation is getting something from the um, uh, yeah the charitable the organization. Charitable organization. So we've got to make sure that Dave had those okay. in line for us this year. So home interest uh, deduction. Let's let's talk and go into that a little bit uh, deeper. Okay. Uh, one last item I did not mention on the charitable mm-hmm. contributions. As an example, if you're a volunteer for you know scouts in some form or another, okay, and you go out of pocket because you're you know sponsoring something at your house or you're driving scouts to a camp out or whatever, or you're having to buy special uniforms for that, that's part of your charitable contribution. So keep track of that as well. Okay, great, great advice. Okay. Okay. Now, mortgage interest, or know where are we at now? Yeah, mortgage interest. Ah, mortgage interest. Let's break that down. Home mortgage interest deduction is an excellent itemized deduction. Love it. I know. Not only because I'm in the mortgage industry, but because I'm a homeowner as well. That's correct. Mm -hmm. And of course, your principal residence, you can deduct your home mortgage interest. Mm-hmm. And some people think, well, can I deduct mortgage interest on other properties? Mm-hmm. And in fact, there are some properties where you can deduct the interest period, even though it may not be mortgage interest, interestingly enough. The key thing is it's called your second home. Yep. And it could be real estate. It could be a boat. RV. It could be an RV. Um, I don't think it could be a motorcycle, but... Um, because you have it doesn't to meet those minimum requirements. <laughs> yeah, you got three minimum requirements. <laughs> I mean, this would be interesting on a You got to have cooking facilities, bathroom <laughs> facilities, and sleeping facilities. So I don't know if you can squeeze all of that into a motorcycle or not, unless you got that one of those little tiny sidecars. But primarily, we're talking boats and RVs. Uh huh. Yeah. And on and going back to the primary residence with the interest deduction, I think a lot of people don't know that you actually are writing your interest off based on the last tax bracket that you earn. So that's really cool because if you have one dollar that pushes you into that higher tax bracket, that is the tax bracket that you're able to use to write off your property taxes and your interest, correct? That's correct. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. let's talk about uh, property taxes. Property taxes, uh, especially in the King County area, can be a very, very large deduction. Um, (laughs) He's looking over 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 at John. John. (laughs) Uh, But 
I mean, that's part of the privilege of owning real estate and supporting our community. Yes. So with that, you get those deductions, the property taxes, Mm -hmm. but again, not only on your principal residence, but on any real property that you're paying property taxes on. So you might have, you know, the cabin, maybe you have uh, another, uh, a timeshare or something Uh like that. So you can do the uh, the tax deduction for the uh, property taxes on all of those items. So that's a good deal. Or you might just have a piece of raw real estate that you own that's investment property. Uh, collecting no rent or anything like that, mm-hmm. but you can deduct the taxes on that too. So talking about mortgage, we talked about the interest, obviously, well, maybe not obvious to everybody. You can't write off principal, just interest. We can write off property taxes. You cannot write off your homeowner's insurance or homeowner's association dues no. or mortgage insurance. Um, mortgage insurance this 2016 will be the last year for that. Yeah, unless they... Unless it gets extended, extended. but don't count on it. Yeah, okay. My opinion. So um, what about some of the options for sales tax deduction and how can you optimize that? Sales tax deduction. We can deduct in the state of Washington. This is really our special deduction because most other states have an income tax. And in those states, you can deduct that income tax. Mm -hmm. The way it works now is whatever is higher, your sales tax or your income tax in the state that you reside, can be the amount that you write off. And okay. so here in Washington, well, it's the sales tax. There's a table that is mostly used to determine what that amount is based upon your income, the size of your household. However, you can deduct the actual sales tax that you pay. And by you know most of us, it's probably a much higher number. Mm-hmm. But gosh, the hassle is, you mean I got to save every little receipt and every little thing that I spent on for the entire year? That can get kind of kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. So my idea for some of my clients is to estimate. Pick a month. Okay. Obviously not December because you probably have more spending in that month than any other. But pick a month where you can use it as an average and track everything for that month. Interesting. And, then, and that's okay? And then, because you can use it as an estimate, Okay. check with your tax advisor to see if they're willing to do that for you. Disclosure. And so you can take that month and then multiply it by 12 and then you have it for the entire year got it and then if you do by any chance come under audit you can say well mr auditor here's what i did Mm -hmm. i took a sample of one month and more likely than not they will accept it got it okay so uh thoughts that you have on any upcoming tax changes good or bad yes there will be changes I'm sure there. I'm sure there will be. What are they, Greg? I know we don't have all the time here's, to go through all of them, but what are the big yeah, ones? Here's my editorial comment on tax changes. <laughs> Every time I, you hear about, okay, the next administration is going to make tax changes. We're going to make things simpler and easier, and that I've never seen truly happen ever, ever, ever. It always gets more complicated in some form or mm-hmm. another. And I would anticipate this being the same thing because there's always these little special carve-outs that are going to occur because it's a political decision, Mm -hmm. um, political and social decision, actually. And so don't anticipate something coming across the board that's just going to be so simple and so idyllic that you reached nirvana. It's not going to happen. This is my opinion. The best way to simplify the tax code, quit messing with it. Leave it alone. But, I agree with that. Like you said, that's not going to happen. That's never going to happen. Come happen. on, we're talking so just, politicians. You know, hire, hire a great CPA. You do. Uh, pay a little bit to uh, to make sure that you're taken care of, and it, it pays itself all the time. 
So, Greg, and um, also I, I want to touch base before we wrap up your uh, my time with you. Identity theft. I mean, identity theft uh. is big out there, but taxpayer identity theft. That's really big, right? Taxpayer identity theft is huge. Yeah. So what do we need to do? And the defense, be on the defense. Be very, very careful in any kind of mail you receive, Mm -hmm. any kind of phone call that you might get, especially in a phone call. If they are getting aggressive and nearly abusive, that is not the IRS calling you, I I assure you. Uh, Do not give them any of your information. Another one, be very, very careful with your email. Okay. Good old phishing emails are out there, uh, and we tax preparers, sadly enough, we get them all the time. And so we got to be very, very cautious to make sure that we don't click on that unfortunate little link that yeah. now is going to infest your computer with all kinds of crap, uh, garbage, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> great, great advice, Greg. And, and, so, and sometimes it's so unfortunate. With taxpayer identity theft, mm-hmm. you don't even know it happened yeah. until you file your tax return. Scary. And it gets rejected. And you go, whoa, what, 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 what happened? Yeah. And there are ways to monitor that. In fact, uh, for some of our clients, we have a little program where we monitor that for them. So if there is a hint of identity theft, we can let them know. Awesome. Greg, thank you so much for everything that you do for my family and for uh, my clients. And just appreciate your time and the wealth of information that you share. It's always great to be here. And and I hope that uh, it's been some help for some people. Definitely. Thanks, Craig. Okay. Coming up next in the Money Hour, recession-proofing your retirement. Dennis Yamasaki with Affirmative Financial Services right here on 1150 AM KKNW after this short break. How did you feel when your retirement funds shrunk during the 2008 recession and the dot-com recession? Are you concerned that you won't have enough money for retirement? How about funding your long-term care needs? When the next recession comes, will you be satisfied with your current investment strategies? Dennis Yamasaki from Affirmative Financial Services helps friendly people realize a better lifestyle in their retirement. By offering a recession-proofing program that has offensive strategies, providing competitive growth during market upswings, and defensive strategies that provide downside protection in market downswings, you'll have steadier gains, less stress, and more security during your retirement. Future returns cannot be promised, and there is always a risk to lose money in bond and stock market instruments. To learn more, call Dennis today at Affirmative Financial Services, 206-817-5239. Hi, this is Dennis Yamasaki from Affirmative Financial Services. If you'd like to contact me about recession-proofing your retirement funds, please give me a call at 206-817-5239. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, right here on 1150 AM, KKNW, the Saturday, February 18th show, bringing in expert advice and inside knowledge on today's events in our local economy and how they can affect your money. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. You can call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com. And last guest in studio, first time guest, Dennis Yamasaki with 
with Affirmative Financial Services, Recession Proofing Your Retirement. Dennis, thank you so much for joining me first time in studio. Uh, thank you for inviting me. And a little bit about Dennis. Dennis graduated from the University of Washington Business School, focused on information systems and finance. He is licensed uh, for life disability health, long-term care, Medicare, and has a Series 65 security license as an investment advisor. Dennis is well-respected financial strategist. He takes pride in continually searching for out-of-the-box solutions that will better serve his clients' needs. His strategies in wealth building have historically prevented and minimized the tremendous losses during the Great Recession of 2008 and the dot-com recession from 2000 through 2002. The power of not losing money is often more powerful than only focusing on investment gains. Dennis started his career as financial strategist in 2008, where he learned many great strategies to recession-proof people's retirement nests. So it's only appropriate that we talk about recession-proof. Um, again, really excited about this in you know hearing, especially since we've and the first first two guests that we have about what you have to pay, you've got to pay your property taxes, you have to pay your income taxes. So it'll be great to have a conversation around how to make money. And not only that, as you say, more importantly, how to protect your money. Exactly. So what inspired you to enter the financial services business, Dennis? Well, I was in the mortgage business, similar to what you're doing now. But uh, as a recession approached in 2008, my mortgage business kind of collapsed and mm-hmm. it was uh, time to look around and... Uh, search within myself to find something. How did I get something. stuck staying in mortgage? No, uh, just because kidding. Because you love it, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and so while I was searching around, um, I, I found that, uh, you know, I, I'm really interested in investing and um, I'm really good with numbers. Mm-hmm. I, I'm great with uh, technical issues and I'm, I'm really not willing to be restricted to a, a limited number of services to provide to my clients. So... When I discovered the investment strategies that I'm using now, then it's just so exciting for me to start my own business and get going with that. Awesome. So what about the investment ex- your investment experiment experience and how and what have you learned from that experience? Right. So um, when I was working at Boeing, I was there for eight years. I maxed out my uh, contributions to my Boeing VIP. Mm-hmm. And through eight years of being there, I accumulated about $100,000. And I moved that out uh, when I when I left Boeing, but I, I was able to grow that to over five hundred thousand in my next eight years in, wow. in, in, in uh, my profession. So when I did that, um, I I was investing in tech stocks because I was in the tech industry and uh-huh. I was making lots of money, feeling good about myself. Uh-huh. Um, but then, you know, f- feeling great and and like having over half a million, I thought I would retire by fifty five and. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, th- things didn't happen as I planned. And during the dot-com recession, I ended up losing three-fifths of my money because wow. I was an aggressive yes. investor. Like everybody else. I yeah. wasn't paying attention to my yeah. investments as much as I probably should have. And um, so when I was taking a look around and um, I, I, I found these strategies, I learned that not losing money is perhaps even more powerful than making <laughs> lots of money. Yes. Because, uh, you know, that three-fifths was a, a very powerful thing in, mm-hmm. my, in my retirement fund. So I, I went around and looked at different strategies with uh, different companies that I was working with and found that when you have an offensive and defensive strategy, you can bring more prosperity and security and financial uh, abundance to, to your retirement. Mm-hmm. 
So not only your your personal experience, because I believe we, we learn a lot by what we've personally experienced and being able to bring that into your clients is, is awesome. Your unique strength that you bring to financial service business. What is that, Dennis? Well, I think I'm a very out-of-the-box type thinker. Mm-hmm. Um, I can bring my clients leading-edge solutions that will bring more financial security and well-being to their lives. And I don't settle for selling products and services that everyone else is selling. So Got I think it. that's a great strength. Out of the boxes. Out of the box is good and understanding what all your options are. So what excites you most about your, your business and your industry? Um, I think that what's, what's going to be great is I can watch my clients live more prosperous lives. Mm-hmm. You know, I, they, they're going to have more sense of security and give them hope that they'll have enough money in their retirement. And uh, when they feel more abundant, even during a recession, they will be likely to take wonderful vacations. Uh-huh. And that'll be pretty exciting. And when the recession comes, then they'll even have a um, probably lower airfares and hotel fees. So they uh-huh. might be able to upgrade and have really wonderful vacations. That sounds beautiful, Dennis. <laughs> so what about concerns or what concerns do you have for your clients? Um, biggest concerns is that most people haven't saved enough. Yeah. Um, you know, they don't have enough to, to live a prosperous lifestyle without running out of money for their mm-hmm. retirement. They haven't really concerned the tremendous amount of expenses for nursing homes and yes. their long-term care needs, um, medical expenses and inflation, and then having fun, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so really, and the great thing about um, a financial plan is there's so many great tools um, that you can sit down with your financial planner, uh, Dennis being a resource for you, and to really uh, forecast out what, what things are going to be costing, what type of life and what you want to do, um, so that you can come up with a plan that you know exactly what you need to be saving to make sure you don't run out of money because just as Dennis says, that's one of the, the biggest concerns that uh, people will have that they're going to outlive their money and that would not be a very good thing. And you know, you always have to think, would you stay at the same job and never get a pay increase? <laughs> I don't yeah. think so. So you got to make sure that you're in a position to get a pay increase after your retirement because things get more expensive. Absolutely. So Dennis, how can you recession, recession proof people's retirement nest eggs and help your clients live a better life in their retirement years? So what are you doing to do that? Yeah. So I'll give a little bit background. Uh, recessions have eaten up people's uh, retirement funds. In 2008, uh, the broad stock market lost about 50%. Mm -hmm. And if you look back at the dot-com recession, that was another 50%. And so we spent about eight years actually just recovering from both of those recessions. Yes. That's a huge amount of time. Yes. Uh, And so many people are excited about the recent gains that we've had in our stock market. But when you look at it uh, over the period of uh, the last 17 years, you could have actually invested in an annuity at 2.5% mm-hmm. and beaten the stock market. Yep. And so I was out looking around for different uh, strategies, and I found that um, when you have strategies that are taking the emotions out of the product and mm-hmm. you're, you're getting pretty competitive gains on the upside and providing a defensive strategy to minimize the losses on the downside, um, th- that's what I'm providing to most of my clients. And so it's a securities-based product. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very diversified with bond strategies and stock strategies. And um, essentially, we've been able to approximately double people's money historically every five to six years. Got it. So Dennis, Warren Buffett talks about uh, investing in low-cost index funds and just hold on. Right. What's the difference with your philosophy? 
Uh, well, Warren Buffett's strategy is a buy and hold strategy, and perhaps it could be a good thing for most people um, that don't have the experience to, to invest in the stock market. Uh-huh. Because a lot of people, what they do is they panic when the market is going way, way down and they sell. Yes. And they're still selling at the bottom is not good. Exactly. And when the market starts going up, they're too scared to invest. Yep. yep. And they miss so most of the... So you just lose out all, all the way around. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so, so they're buying at the high point. And so... In, in um, my strategies, it, it takes that emotion out. Um, we, the tactical active management takes um, the the positive gains during the market, mm-hmm. and we try to minimize the losses and, and potentially go to cash um, on the downside. And so it's very, very powerful. And so when you look at it with an offensive and defensive strategy, then you're, you're more protected for your retirement. And so I, I, I compare this to a sporting event, uh, the Seahawks, when they won their championships. Uh-huh. They had a tremendous defense, right? Yes. Would they have been able to win the Super Bowl without that defense? No. I don't think so. Uh-huh. So having that awesome defense will help you win your retirement game, too. Yeah. So, Dennis, are there other ways to recession-proof um, your retirement money? Yes, there's a, a few different ways, and one of the... Pretty exciting ways that I found was actually cash value life insurance, where you can uh, develop a tax-free retirement income I stream for your future. I love that strategy. Yeah, pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. And I referenced Patrick Kelly's book, Tax-Free Retirement, yep. which is a great read. Mm-hmm. And so if you overfund a cash value life, life insurance policy, then you can build up uh, tax-free money in the reserve account. And as you build that up, they have um, methods in there so that you can have crediting gains. Uh-huh. And as you credit money to your account, then you can't lose it because it yep. gets locked in and okay. when a recession comes, you're protected. So now there are annuities have uh, controversy going around them. <laughs> yeah. So what they claim to prevent losses during recessions, what are your thoughts or what can you say to that on annuities? Actually, they, they are a very great option for more conservative people. Mm-hmm. Uh, they might be interested in some growth while having their funds fully guaranteed. And so their crediting methods um, tend to have uh, capped rates or potentially fixed interest rates. And so they're, they're not as high as if you're you know, looking to have equity gains. Mm-hmm. But they also can provide great strategies for guaranteeing income for the rest of your life. Uh-huh. And that's very powerful. Um, another controversial area would be the variable annuities yes. because you're invested actually in mutual funds Yes. and mutual funds can go up and down and you mm-hmm. have the problem with, uh, you know, riding up and down the roller coaster of investments. Yeah. But I can actually put inside of a, a variable annuity tactical managed strategies. Got so that's, it. That can bring powerful. Uh, yeah. And, and, you know, in your arena, just like my arena and, and, you know, anything else, if we're talking about Greg and doing taxes, I mean, there's not anything that fits everybody. There are great products and there are bad products exactly. based on the individual. So really lining things out for you personally, you need your advisor to do that and strategize what you're trying to accomplish and how much time you have to accomplish that is really going to help with the strategy that works best for you. And I, you know, that's why I'm so passionate about the show is just really bringing in experts so that my listeners have a place that they can go to find out and plan to have the best future. What is your vision for your clients during their retirement years, Dennis? Yeah, I see my clients with more money in the nest eggs, which is totally awesome. Uh-huh. I think they'll feel more secure about their financial well-being. They can live fuller lives with more abundance, love, and joy. Mm-hmm. And when a recession comes and they'll feel more confident, like I say, they can take that spectacular vacation and uh, feel good about it. 
Love that. That vision is beautiful. Now, part of that vision is probably there's some diversification in there, right, Dennis? So what advice do you have on uh, diversifying? Uh, Diversifying is is kind of built into the strategies that I provide. Mm-hmm. We're invested in uh, many different types of strategies. Could be uh, foreign equities, domestic equities, uh, could be government bonds or high yield bonds. Mm-hmm. And uh, ultimately they're all protecting you in the similar way of having the offensive and defensive strategy built yes. into it. And potentially Love can it. go to cash when, when they need to. Um, but you know, a lot of it depends on what each individual feels is a particular need in their, yes. in their lifestyle. Yeah. And so if they've saved a lot, they want more security, then you know, annuities might be good strategies. Mm-hmm. Um, if they feel like they need more growth, then uh, putting money into um, the life insurance or the variable annuity or just having an IRA with, with the te- technical active management in it, that's just totally awesome. Yeah. So uh, call to action for my listeners. What, are they, what should they be doing right now? Um, evaluate what they're past uh, performance has been and okay. you know, question what uh, your advisor has done to protect yourself from the downside of the recessions. So make sure you're taking a look at what your portfolio looks like. Maybe get an, uh, an advice to have someone help you with that. Make sure that you're doing the right thing with your money so that you can have a better quality of life for you and your family is what exactly. I always say in the show. Dennis, thank you so much. Thank you First very much. First time coming in. I look forward to having you back again. And this is your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, signing off for the day. Enjoy the rest of your Saturday. I look forward to talking with you all about money. Same time, same place. Next Saturday, right here on 1150 AM, KKNW. The preceding program was paid for by Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS number 7233. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, is a licensed loan originator with Gateway Mortgage Group. Contact your local branch for more information.